Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the recommendations for the Recently Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Carson Hall, the college and career pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church. I'm so thankful you tuned in today for our recommendations to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, and I pray they benefit you greatly. Welcome to this week's episode of the Recommendations for the Recently Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, as always, Carson Hall, the college and career pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church. And today I am joined by a dear friend of mine, Mr. Sam Tatum. Thanks, Sam, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So just to go like a little bit of a rundown for any new listeners on how the process works, what we're going to do is we are going to break down Sam's recommendations for a recently redeemed person or a new Christian, and we're going to break that down by going into the first, a biblical book you would recommend, so book of the Bible a second book of the Bible you would recommend, and a spiritual book you would recommend to supplement in an individual's study in that first one to two year kind of spectrum of a new Christian's life. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good, brother. All righty. Well, let's dive right in. So, Sam, what is the first biblical book you would recommend a new Christian read? Excellent. Great question. So I, because this is the way my brain works, I chose one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. Love it. I love it. And I decided to go with the book of Ecclesiastes okay. for the Old Testament. Okay. Um, so the uh, the book of Ecclesiastes is one of the um, three books of wisdom found in the Old Testament. Um, the two others being Job mm-hmm. and Proverbs. And Ecclesiastes is my father's favorite book of the Bible. Oh, really? He has pointed to that book more in the past, how old am I, 24? 24 (laughs) years um, of my life, more so than any other book. Um, And I remember I asked him why. Why is Ecclesiastes, of all the books of the Bible, why Ecclesiastes? Yeah. And he said, if you want to know how to live, Mm. if you want to know how to live your life in a way that's honoring to the Lord, and if you want to know what life's all about, read the book of Ecclesiastes. It is a just a myriad of of insights from one of the wisest men um, this side of heaven, a man by the name of Solomon. Mm. Uh, we're not sure exactly if Solomon, King Solomon, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, but we're pretty darn sure he did. Yeah, um, and. It is essentially after Solomon's long life, he was a king. He had wealth. He had um, a great amount of land. He had women. He had every imaginable pleasure Mm. this side of heaven. And the book of Ecclesiastes is his final report on what life's all about. And spoiler alert, one of the very last verses in the book is, and after all this, the summation of all of this, Fear God and keep his commandments. Mm. I love it. So I'd I'd have to recommend the book of Ecclesiastes. It's it's a banger. No, yeah, I think Ecclesiastes is a great place to start for a new believer because, and you can chime into this, I think a big point of, if you will, contention 
for a new believer is, okay, I'm a Christian now, but stepping away from all those things you may have been participating in, you know, the chase for money, the chase for women, the chase of a career, all of these other things that you're kind of, if you will, filling that void with. And I think what you're saying with pointing to some of the truths that are evident through the book of Ecclesiastes is how the perspective author of Solomon, a man who had wisdom, who had money, who had women, who had, I mean, a pretty good career being the king. Uh, But he says at the end of that book, fear God, saying, hey, you know, all of this stuff that you can try to fill that void with is nothing compared to God. And I think that's a great thing for a new Christian and uh, knowing, like, hey, I've been running after this all my life, but now I have something that is far better. And it puts it all after. to shame. Yeah. Just everything this this life has to offer is nothing compared to the glory of God. Yeah. And a relationship with him. And, and one of the other recommendations in regards to this book is doing a word study of the word vanity. Mm. So in the book of Ecclesiastes, the word vanity is used numerous times. Um, that is the Hebrew word hevel. Mm. Hevel. Some pronounce it hebel, I pronounce it hevel. <laughs> um, and that essentially translates to meaningless. Mm. Meaningless, wind. It is intangible. It's it's here one second, gone the next. Right. And everything in this life is hevel. Yeah. Life itself is hevel. Mm. It is meaningless. And on the outside, it's like, this is a very depressing, depressing yeah. book of the Bible. What are you talking about? Life is meaningless. No, the reality is life is meaningless if you do not fear God Mm. and keep his commandments because it is a relationship with God Mm. that gives life meaning. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And that is something, too, you find common with Ecclesiastes. You can, if you don't go into it reading it as, okay, I'm going to have the pre-thought of, Life is meaningless without God. And then read the book. If you don't go at it like that, it can be a very depressing book. So just going into it with the context of in your head thinking, okay, what Solomon's trying to get a a point across here is saying all of this is meaningless if you don't have God. So I think that's a great place to start. So... Starting Ecclesiastes, uh, and then what would be your second book of the Bible you would recommend for a new Christian? Absolutely. So moving on to the New Testament, okay. and um, truly any book of the New Testament's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in all honesty, in fact, I already I had one in mind that I wanted to suggest, but then the Lord said, "You know what? What was the first book you studied?" Mm. And I was like, "All right." So I would have to go with the book of 2 Timothy. Okay, 2 Timothy. The book of 2 Timothy for many, many reasons. Um, but in summation, it's, it is a very short book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, I might recommend this is the one you start with. Okay. Um, Go new then old. Yes, yes. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't particularly matter. I mean, it's truth regardless. Mm-hmm. But Second Timothy is a very easy-to-digest book and easy to understand. Right. Um, for it, it's very it's it is beautiful on the surface, but it is magnificent underneath mm. in the depth. It's like the iceberg, right? Yeah. Um, just a little bit on top is great, but the the, the meat is yeah. on is in the depth of it. And in essence, Second Timothy is how to live a Christian life, and then what to watch out for. And expect in regards to the sin mm. that so pervades our world. Yeah, um, and it is it is a great book mm. to go to for new believers and old believers and new slash old believers. Yeah, um, to to look into. Mm. And I think I think that's a good point you made as far as on the surface, it's a beautiful book. But the deeper you dive in, the better it gets. And I think that's a point that has been made throughout a bunch of the people we've had on the podcast. Of when you read your Bible, it's so important to dive in. And not just read very quickly in a, you know, sense of rush. Like, I gotta, I gotta read my chapter for the day today. But instead... Take the time to get into the Word, dive in, and I mean, if even if you want to get in deep enough to do some of those Word studies like you recommended, and because that's something I highly enjoy, but getting deeper than just the surface, I think, is a great point to make for a new believer. Like, hey, when you read the Bible, read it, but truly absorb meditate on it think about it get some of those resources get a good study bible go through the word and just get deep so i love that point i love that point so but so the interesting thing you mentioned so would you rank either of those books one in front of the other like if you had to have one out of those two which one would you have so for a new believer Mm -hmm. uh, i would say probably lean towards Second Timothy. Okay. And, and I want to get into that a little bit, bit later when we talk about the advice for yeah. the believers. And in regards to Scripture itself, something that believers, new and old, need to know and understand is that when you read the Scriptures, you are not alone when you do so. Mm. Because you have something that lost people, non-believers, don't have. Right. That being the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So when you go into the scriptures and you read, don't think to yourself, oh, this is too much for me. I, I can't understand this. I don't, I don't know this. When reality is, you have everything you need to understand the scriptures because you have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And when you know and understand that, the words on the page begin to rise mm. and lift up. And when they rise and lift up, you can see God. You can see Christ. You can see life lived well mm. in every line, on every page, in every book. Yeah. And it is a beautiful thing. So 
when you read Second Timothy, when you read Ecclesiastes, when you read any of the, the 66 books of the Bible, the great thing is that you can read them three years from now and you'll get completely different things. Oh, yeah. Read it five years, 10 years, 20 years. I've studied the book of Second Timothy in-depthly about four times, mm. and each time, new truths found in a very old text. Yeah. I think that's a very good point is, you know, the Bible is something that God uses in different seasons to show you different things. That's right. And I, I love it. I love it. So you listed Ecclesiastes first, starting with the Old Testament, but you would recommend a new believer start in Second Timothy, follow it up with Ecclesiastes, with an importance on studying. Don't just briefly read. Study through these Study books. It, yeah. So what is the spiritual book you would recommend kind of to coincide and go along with these two books in that first one to two year range? Absolutely. So mine is not necessarily a chapter book, so to okay. speak. Um, it is a devotion. Um, and I decided to go with a devotion for this idea of a spiritual book because one of the most important aspects of becoming a new believer is to establish a routine time, mm. a quiet time, where you sit down and you, you spend time with God. Mm. Um, and it's very important to note that doing things for God is not spending time with God. Mm. A lot of Christians get mixed up on that. A lot of pastors get mixed up on that. Oh, I, I preached on Sunday, and I preached on Wednesday, and I and I went out visiting on Monday, um, and I do all these different things, but it is completely different to sit with him, mm. to sit with him, to talk to him, to listen to him, um, and to read his word. So I um, chose a devotion book to help encourage new believers to... Pick up a devotion book that, you know, takes five minutes to read. Yeah. Um, but it is a mighty, mighty encouragement. The one that I chose is My Most for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. Mm. Um, it, um, Chambers lived um, around, around a century ago or so, mm -hmm. give or take. And he was an incredible, incredible man of God. And um, he was in the military service, and he would, uh, he was a chaplain in the military. Um, and he would present, you know, devotions, sermons to, yeah. his, to his folks, to his soldiers. Um, and somebody wrote them down, mm. wrote down each one. And later, um, that individual and his wife compiled these together to create my utmost for his highest. Mm. And um, I have gone through that book. It's the one that I'm currently going through yeah. this year. Um, I've gone through it many times over the past several years, and it is an encouragement. Mm. It is an encouragement to me through the texts itself, um, referencing Scripture on every page. It is an encouragement to me to have a consistent quiet time because mm. um, I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I get behind, you know, three days, I got to go back and I'm going to fill those three days in. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it's an encouragement to keep, um, to keep me in the word, mm. thinking righteous things. Yeah. Thinking righteous things. 
um, and, and allowing, you know, I'm thinking of Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of the faith. Mm. Um, you know, the, the text refers to all the heroes of the faith in the, in the scriptures. But God did not stop speaking to men when the final uh, word was written in the scriptures. Um, he continues to pour life and love through the words of, of preachers of old, mm. uh, preachers of new. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear and to see and to read mm. um, the things um, that they wrote. So my utmost for his highest would be um, by Oswald Chambers would be my recommendation. Yeah, I like that. I like it. You're the first person to be on the podcast to recommend a devotional. So that's a very interesting point you brought. And I think it's a great point to make because oftentimes for a new believer, the most important thing is establishing those fundamentals, if you will, of taking time daily in the Word and in prayer with the Lord. And I think that's such an important thing for a new believer to get that foundation laid, if you will, so they're able to continue to build on it later. I know for me, morning ritual for me, if you will, is get up, make me a, co- a cup of coffee. I know you're a not a coffee guy, you're a tea guy. Give me sweet tea or yeah. give me death, that is all. <laughs> but I get me a hot cup of coffee. And I sit down before my family's awake, and it's just me and God and the dogs. That's right. That's house. right. And just to spend that however long I have in the morning. Some mornings, you know, if I don't hit snooze too many times, I get a little bit longer. But, you know, having that time where it's just me and the Lord in the morning, and I'm diving into His Word, diving into some prayer time, is so important. And I think. For a new believer, a devotional is a great place to start uh, in accompaniment with reading the Bible, of course. And, so. and just a caveat as well, and I'm sure all the other ministers and preachers would agree with me, um, in terms of spiritual books, your quiet time is not doing one devotion mm. and then saying, I had my time with Jesus today, right. and I'm done, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. No, it is a... It is supplemental mm. to the meat, mm-hmm. the meat and potatoes. Yeah, you do not eat corn on the cob for your hefty, hearty dinner time. Yeah, without getting your proteins. Yeah, and and your fibers and and your glass of sweet teas. No, the scripture is the meat. Mm. That is the meat and potatoes. Um, and these spiritual books, these devotions are so useful in encouraging you to dive mm. deeper into the Word itself. Mm. Um, and it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's the salad to your steak and potatoes. That How is about a, that? That's it. Yeah. If yes. you like salad, I'd, you know, <laughs> give or take, give or take whether yeah. I like it. Or you put some good day. dressing on it, you know. That's right. Good to go. So, Ecclesiastes, Second Timothy, and my utmost for his highest are your three recommendations of those two books of the Bible and that one spiritual book. And to close, what is one piece of advice you would give to a new Christian that you wish somebody would have told you when you got saved? So I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to give you two. Okay, that's fine. 
That's I'm going to cheat and give you two. Uh, the first one is um, you mentioned a little early about, about the fundamentals. Mm. The fundamentals. Um, for those who were raised in the church, um, I've been in, personally, I've been in children's ministry for about eight years now. Mm. I've served as, um, you know, on kids' church team um, teams. I've served with youth. I've been a children's pastor for a year and a half. And I consistently say to the kids and to anybody who will listen, um, you need to pray, you need to read your Bible, and you need to spend time with other believers, mm. like clockwork. Yeah. And they say to me, Pastor Sam, we, we do that. We do that. Why do you keep talking about it? Well, the reason being is because they are fundamental for a reason. Mm. It is your foundation by which everything else is is built upon mm. all the depth of that iceberg, all the depth of um, the incredible wonders and workings of God is built on the foundation of listening to Him in prayer, mm. hearing from Him through the Word, and spending time with other believers through church, through text messages, mm. through um, phone calls yeah. of, of 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 individuals who are older, wiser than you are. Mm. Which leads into my second point, my second piece of advice, and quite possibly the most relevant to myself and my own journey. Mm. And it ties into Second Timothy. Yeah. Find a Paul. Mm. Find a Paul. For those who don't know, Second Timothy was written by a man named Timothy. Pretty mm. obvious. Would have never guessed that. Would have never guessed it. <laughs> uh, it was written by a man named, uh, or written to a man named Timothy. It was written by a man named Paul to his son in the ministry, his mentee, his mm. protege. Yeah. Um, and Paul wrote to Timothy um, words of encouragement, words of challenge, words of conviction. Mm. Um, and you see, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Um, he was a man who was saved by God. Um, and in the midst of horrible, horrible, horrendous sin. And if you if you want to look into Paul, I would highly recommend it. He's mm. a fascinating man. But Paul wrote Second um, Timothy near the end of his life. Mm-hmm. In fact, it is the last book he wrote before he was killed and martyred for the faith um, in Rome. And in essence, Paul, um, a mentor to this man, um, Paul, who had been to countless cities proclaiming, preaching the gospel. Imagine, Carson, you're a father. Um, you've got one and one on the way. Mm. If you only had one thing to say to Millie before you were gone to be with the Lord, if you had one thing to say, what would it be? Mm. And that is Paul and Timothy. Mm. And that is what's found in Second Timothy. It's Paul's last words. Um, to his son in the ministry. And um, what's the relevance to hear us today? You need to find someone uh, who is older, wiser, more experienced, more mature in the faith, mm. who's walked where you are currently walking now. Yeah. Go to their feet, sit down, shut up, and listen. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I could pull up my phone right now and call up um, certain people in my life, and they'd answer on the first ring. Yeah. And I could say, dude, I'm struggling. And they'd say, what's going on? 
and how can I help? How can I pray? Right. And I've often found if you can find those people, look in your church, uh, look in your family, uh, look for those people who um, want to pour into you Mm. and let them. Yeah. Um, the final piece I want to add on to that uh, is my my degree. Um, you know, I say I've worked with children, worked with youth. I'm currently in training to be a marriage and family counselor, marriage mm. and family therapist, um, working with children and families going through some of the most difficult times in their life. Right. And there was something that we studied when I was in school um, called the ACEs study. Mm. ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experience, which is basically um, anything that happens to a kid that um, is deemed negative. So, for example, um, their parents are divorced when they're young. That's an adverse childhood experience. Mm. If they lose a parent um, to cancer, to an accident, uh, that's an adverse childhood experience. If they lose a sibling, if they... um, their siblings addicted to drugs, that's an ACE, Adverse Childhood Experience. Right. And what this study did was um, it looked at a couple hundred children who experienced an adverse childhood experience, mm. and it followed them throughout their lives, their entire lives. Mm-hmm. This was done back in the 1920s, and it saw how they lived their lives. Mm-hmm. And the ones that succeeded and did well in life and that found families and had incredible careers. And it also found the ones that ended up dead by suicide or ended up on the street homeless, ended up um, doing drugs Mm. and um, heavy alcoholics. So it looked at all these different folks with the same, coming from the same backgrounds in the sense of they've been hurt. Right. But what was the difference between those who had positive outcomes and those who had negative outcomes? And one of the major findings of this study was that for those who succeeded in life, when asked, they were able to identify at least one person outside their family that loved them. Right. And that poured into them. Mm. And I think that speaks Mm -hmm. to every single believer this side of heaven because we have all experienced the the consequences of our sin mm. and the consequences of our family's sin and how it affects us even here today and my recommendation for the recently redeemed is simply this find yourself someone older wiser who can pour into you mm. um, so that you can experience um life abundantly yeah um, because life of an abundant life um, lived abundantly is life lived with others mm. um, all with the same mindset of following Christ loving God loving others serving the world mm. I love it I love it and I think those are all fantastic recommendations and you know, I cannot agree more with some of the advice you gave there at the end in pointing out the importance of fellowship 
and mentorship as well. And it's something with being the college and career pastor, I I plug all the time with our group of, you know, one of the wisest people I know who is actually scheduled to come on the podcast soon, uh, A. Brown, told me something a long time that really stuck with me. And he said, you are the sum of your five closest friends. So surrounding yourself with five Bible-believing, God-loving Christians, and especially if you have somebody in that five or outside of that five that you view as a mentor, somebody you can go to in those hard times, go to when you're struggling and just ask them, like, hey, what, what do I do? That's right. And I think those are all fantastic pieces of advice. And Sam, I truly thank you for coming on the podcast today and giving your recommendations for The Recently Redeemed. I know I'm thankful for your friendship and thankful that you were able to come on today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a joy and a pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, join us next time for the next episode of Recommendations for the Recently Redeemed. Thank you. Thank you all again for tuning in this week. We hope and pray that these recommendations help you grow in your walk with the Lord. For any more information, please visit our website, maysvillebaptist.net, or reach out to me personally at carsonhall.mbc at gmail.com. Thank you, and I hope you have a blessed day.